The information provided in this podcast and on this website is intended for a Canadian audience. It is for informational purposes only and does not create a physician-patient relationship. It is not to be used as professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or care, nor is it intended to be used as a substitute. Anyone with any questions regarding medical conditions, issues, or problems should seek the advice of a physician. Welcome to episode 11 of Peep the Process, a sport and exercise medicine podcast for Canadian student-athletes. Well, James, the countdown is officially on. Only one more episode of Peep the Process to go after this one. You're going to make me cry. (laughs) Emma, I've had so much fun doing this podcast this summer. As have I, James. I'm so thankful that you brought this idea to me back in January. It's been an unbelievable experience. Do you want to help me summarize some key points that we've talked about over the past couple months? I'd love to. But Emma, help me recall which of our episode guests emphasized these four key points. The first one, this is peep the process. Think process and not just the end goal. Emphasize working upon your mental health coping strategies. Especially during COVID. Yeah, and Jody, your friend, the NCAA sprinter, talked about that. Kathy Campbell talked about having your plan B, and then also Greg, the Paralympian, directly said that during COVID, he was working on strengthening his mental health. Yeah, and the second key point, Emma, is that especially during the off-season, we uh, should be thinking injury prevention, uh, balancing your muscles that are out of balance. For example, uh, the shoulder, uh, if you strengthen your external rotation, for example, uh, that can prevent injury during the season. Yeah, Ryan Croton and Janice Harvey both emphasized this. And our third key takeaway point is what Brent Smith conveyed, which was what everyone says is important, but is actually important to incorporate, is sleep, eat, hydrate, and have a proper recovery. Yeah, you know, student-athlete listeners, they, they... Don't want to hear that, but sleeping, eating, hydrating, and recovery, so important. Our fourth key takeaway point is that when you are returning to play, you should listen to and understand the expert's advice. Like our head athletic therapist at Seneca College, Steve Kopas, said when he discussed concussion return to play, there's a process. Don't overdo it. Learn the exercises that will prevent a re-injury. You need to buy into the process. Awesome. Thanks for helping me do that. Last episode, we talked a little bit about the student athletes who lose both the title student and athlete after they graduate. Sounds sad when you put it like that. It is a sad thing, though. For most of these athletes, they have been both a student and an athlete for close to, if not 20 plus years of their life. It doesn't have to be a sad thing, though, because, you know, Emma, there's a whole life with exciting challenges ahead of you after you graduate school. Our guest last week, Roz, still cycles and has maintained her athlete lifestyle. And our guest this week, Melissa, is still involved in sports, but just in a different way. Yeah, she's a new mom, and sometimes it's important to realize that although sports are a big part of our listeners' lives, 
There's more to life than focusing solely on sports. And just like we talked about last week, as you get older, there are a lot of different paths you can take to keep sports in your life. That's very well said, James. Sure, but there's more. There always is. Yeah, our listeners need to know that we take this very seriously and try to have fun also. We have a conversation prior to the episode, and I talk too much typically. And then I challenge you to write a script. And this time, you wrote that I recognized the sadness emotion. I did. So I read that, and I reflected upon our very first episode back in June when we talked about understanding each other better, the doctor understanding the student-athlete and the student-athlete understanding the doctor. After reading the script for today's episode the first time, I was ready to fly into my, I have had many chapters in my life and in my career, and this is just a chapter change speech. I think I've heard that one before. Yeah, but you thank me, and now it's my turn to express gratitude to you, Emma. You made me realize that I need to listen better, not just talk at my student-athlete patient. I need to first elicit that emotion where it's appropriate, then acknowledge and validate that emotion I hear. I think it's important, especially after a student-athlete suffers an injury that may signal the end of their student-athlete career. That helps us understand each other better. And I invited some young career health professionals near the end of our podcast series in order to learn how they approach not only these injuries, but also some of the emotions that go along with the injuries. As doctors, we need to help our student athletes with these emotions. Because recognizing and dealing with the emotions are part of the process. This week's guest, Dr. Melissa Corso, is a sports specialist chiropractor. Dr. Corso completed her Bachelor of Science in Biomedical Sciences and Master's of Science in Human Health and Nutritional Sciences at the University of Guelph. During this time, Melissa also played varsity soccer and garnered many awards, including MVP in her final year. Melissa went on to obtain her Doctor of Chiropractic and complete her Sports Sciences Residency Program with the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College. Dr. Corso holds many certifications and memberships, including a certified strength and conditioning coach and a functional range conditioning mobility specialist. Just this year, she was awarded the Young Investigator of the Year by the Canadian Chiropractic Association. Welcome, Melissa. Hi, and thanks for having me. So, Melissa, you were a varsity athlete throughout your time at the University of Guelph playing on the soccer team and won many awards. Can you please tell our student-athlete listeners about your experience playing varsity soccer through high school and university? What was your key to success as a student-athlete? Uh, high school seems like a long time ago now um, to kind of think back and what my experience was like at that time. But I think that I really just enjoyed playing as much soccer as I could. I love the sport and uh, you could find me, you know, practicing on the sidelines when my sister was practicing or at my sister's games as well. So, um, you know, just playing as much as I could. Napping was a big part of my lifestyle too. You know, you just make it through the day at school and you get home and you crash on the couch. Um, so that was definitely part of my routine. Um, in university, Again, it kind of felt like you had so much time because you didn't have class all day, um, but you still had to figure out how to manage your time because 
all the rest of your time was spent either practicing or preparing for games and practices and also just hanging out with your teammates. So, um, you know, uh, in terms of my key to success, I think that uh, I always felt like a bit of an underdog. So when I was growing up, I was kind of this tiny little kid, like in grade nine, I was a hundred pounds. Um, I had to get my uniform tailored to fit me because the smallest size didn't fit me. And I, I kept that mentality throughout high school and even into my years playing at university. So that really pushed me to work hard. And I felt that I was always surrounded by people who were better than me, whether that was um, the players on my team or the players I was playing against. And that pushed me to uh, try and reach that level. Um, I'm a very competitive and passionate person. So I think that that combination um, helped me to succeed and rise to the level of the people around me. So what would you have done differently? Um, kind of along with that competitive and passionate mindset or personality uh, comes a, a very dedicated and serious side to me as well. So I, I wish that I enjoyed some of that time a little bit more um, and, you know, maybe not take myself so seriously. It doesn't have to be work 100% of the time. <laughs> so now that you are a chiropractor, what advice would you give to your younger self uh, whether it be in order to play your best or to avoid an injury? So when I played varsity soccer, I actually had a lot of different injuries. And um, I always thought I was invincible. I had this idea that, you know, I can play with a sprained ankle or I can play with a sprained knee. Um, you don't have to rehab those things. You don't have to take care of yourself. You're young. You're an athlete and it'll all be okay at the end of the day. So um, as a chiropractor now, I cringe just thinking about that. <laughs> uh, so I would tell myself, you know, take care of yourself. You only have one body <laughs> um, and you need to do the things that will help maintain that. And by maintaining those different aspects, and I'll touch on what that would be, um, not only do you help avoid injury or reduce the risk of injury, but you actually also are able to improve your performance at the same time. So it's simple, it seems simple. It comes down to a few things. The first would be, you know, get your sleep. You know, sleep those eight to 10 hours a night. You don't need to stay up late watching Netflix um, or go to Blockbuster, because that's what I did when I was in university. Um, eat well, you know, learn how to cook, because, you know, toast with butter or toast with Nutella is not a nutritious meal. <laughs> and um, train, you know, strength and conditioning was something that I was exposed to a little bit later when I was in chiropractic college, but I really wish that I was exposed to that more when I was in university because it really helps uh, round you out as an athlete. You know, you focus on your weaknesses and you turn those into strengths. You know, Melissa, I'm so glad I asked you to be the guest on this week's episode, and that was so rich hearing a perspective of a young health professional who was just playing soccer for the University of Guelph not too long ago. And to hear all these things that you would have told your younger self now that you're a health professional is so, so refreshing. I'm so glad we asked you. 
what led you to pursue your sports specialist chiropractic career? So along with all those injuries I had and my uh, resistance to rehab anything, I also felt like the support that I had while I was at university and dealing with these injuries was uh, limited. The way it was set up was you have a few people overseeing a number of different teams. You have um, student trainers who maybe haven't been exposed to a lot of different injuries and how to manage them. And the, the people who are managing the trainers are so used to seeing athletes with injuries. So I felt like there was maybe some lack of empathy when you came in with an injury and you didn't feel like you were truly being understood and that goes exactly to what you said. So Melissa, you have a website called mchealthperformance.ca where you include articles, videos, and more about your practice. One of your articles from 2018 called How to Make the Off-Season Work for You mentions that for athletes 15 or younger, that it's important to play other sports you love. Why? That's a great question. And this is something I'm very passionate about because I think in terms of our culture, we're, we're pushing so much of that elite athlete that we lose some of the joy that comes with playing other sports and diversifying what we do. So when you play other sports, you actually learn skills and movements and you gain strength and things that still become applicable to the main sport you're playing, but you're not repeating the same movements over and over. So you become a more well-rounded athlete. A lot of the mental side of things, understanding the game, understanding how to react to situations also becomes applicable to your main sport, but you're just diversifying or, um, you know, giving your body some variety in terms of uh, what you're doing and how you're doing it. And, and then you also write, if you're 16 or older, it's time to start focusing on your main sport. Uh, I'm just interested, why do you pick 15 and younger and 16 and older? Why, why is this? Yeah, that's not something that I've deliberately chosen. It just seems to be in terms of uh, the research, what's out there. Um, you kind of tend to be past that uh, growth spurt or puberty. Um, you're going through those physical changes and, um, you know, you're getting closer to the age where now you're going to start thinking about where do you want to go in sport? Do you want to play in university or college? Do you want to try and go professional? And so that combined with the physical changes that your uh, body's experiencing gives it gives you a good opportunity to start specializing in that sport and really honing those skills uh, to progress. Okay, so Melissa, the focus of this week's episode is the student athlete with back pain. So what's the most common reason for a lower back injury that you see in student athletes in your practice? That's a great question. Um, luckily, I don't see a lot of uh, severe or um, serious causes of back pain in my practice, meaning it's not a really big injury that has brought the person into my practice. It's a lot of overuse. It's a lot of doing the same thing over and over again, and perhaps not being physically prepared to do that, um, that movement or those movements repeatedly. So what that means is, uh, for example, I see a lot of soccer players because I'm a soccer player, um, you know, they're kicking over and over and over again. Um, but when they do that, they're stressing the same muscles and those muscles get uh, tired and that can lead to back pain. 
Melissa, what can a student athlete do to prevent lower back pain or a lower back injury? I think that's a really important question. And, you know, I like to try and tell my athletes, you can never fully prevent anything, but we can really try and reduce the risk of you having an injury. So in this case, low back pain. And um, what I recommend is really trying to get strong and making sure that you're preparing your body for what you're trying to do. As athletes, whether we think we are or not, we put our bodies through such intense stress when we're playing our sport. We may not see it that way because we're enjoying ourselves and we're having fun and we like to play our sport, but it's hard to understand that really we're putting our bodies through a lot of stress. In order to cope with that stress, we need to make sure that we're preparing for what we're asking our body to do. So going back to what I would recommend my young self to do, that would be get strong, so get your training in check, make sure you get sleep, and make sure you support all of that with eating well. Okay, and do you have any resources that you can suggest for the student athlete who wants to optimize strength and conditioning in order to prevent back injuries? Or sorry, reduce the chance of getting them? Uh, nice catch. <laughs> um, I would just recommend student athletes to uh, follow up with somebody who's certified and who specializes in training. Um, when we are looking at, for example, high school level athletes, you uh, really should be training with someone supervising you. It's not recommended to do training on your own. Um, and in terms of, you know, a lot of parents are saying, I don't want my kid to do strength training or weight training, it's dangerous. Uh, when you look at the research out there, it's only dangerous if you're doing it unsupervised and when you don't know what you're doing. So that can really be solved by finding a, a professional who specializes in that. Melissa, what do you want student athletes to know about getting treatment for injuries early on? I always tell my athletes, uh, myself included, the sooner the better. And the reason is you really want to know what you're dealing with. Um, maybe you go in and get assessed and the, the person who's assessing you says, hey, you're all good. It's just a little bit of a tweak. Take some time. It'll get better. You know, do a few stretches at home. You're okay. But if you don't get it assessed, you won't know that. In other cases, uh, it might be something that if you ignored it and left it alone, it would actually get worse. So the earlier you deal with that, the less you actually have to consider when you're getting treatment. So our bodies are very smart. They know how to compensate and find ways around the pain that you're experiencing. Uh, so the longer you leave that, the more likely that the compensation could lead to more pain. And Melissa, is there anything else that you'd like to say to our student athlete listeners? I think the one thing I'd like to say is really just enjoy your time as a student athlete. As you guys were saying earlier, you know, it ends too soon um, and you can't go back. You'll find ways to stay involved in sport, um, but there's nothing really like the time you'll spend um, in high school or in university, um, you know, when all you really have to worry about is playing your, the sport you love. So enjoy it and um, take care of yourself because um, you might think you're invincible right now. I certainly did at the time, um, but it will eventually catch up to you. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us this week and sharing your expertise. To the listeners, be sure to tune in for our next episode, which will also be our final episode. 
We'll be joined by physiotherapist Mark Rizzardo, who will talk about major season-ending ligament injuries and process for rehab and return to play. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to check out our social media pages on Instagram at Peep the Process Podcast and on Twitter and Facebook at Peep the Process. Our website can be found at peeptheprocess.buzzsprout.com. This podcast is produced by Emma Jacobs along with associate producer Enrica Immaturo. Special thanks to the Department of Family Medicine at the Scarborough Health Network, the Athletic Department at Seneca College, and the Canadian Academy of Sport and Exercise Medicine for their support. See you next time. At this point, we would like to remind you that the information provided in this podcast and on this website is intended for a Canadian audience. It is for informational purposes only and does not create a physician-patient relationship. It is not to be used as professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or care, nor is it intended to be used as a substitute. Anyone with any questions regarding medical conditions, issues, or problems should seek the advice of a physician.